Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library. And today I have a special entrepreneur on, it's Jocelyn, because I really appreciate the work that she's doing in Charlotte, um, in the tech industry, as well as just really breaking down some barriers here and really encouraging a lot of people to step up and step out of their comfort zone. So welcome to the show, Jocelyn. Thank you so much for having me, Terrell. Awesome. Awesome. Now, Jocelyn, you and I met when we were, when I was working at um, Passport and one of the things that I, I saw in your LinkedIn is you were going to be part of a pitch project. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of your background and then what it was like kind of prepping for a pitch for your business? Yeah. Um, so I feel like I just kind of fell into entrepreneurship. It wasn't something I was looking for. Um, I, my first job out of school was um, doing software development for a consulting firm. Um, I didn't have a computer science degree, but I landed the job and I immediately felt like I was in over my head. Um, there weren't a lot of people that looked like me, so not only was I kind of behind from that having a technical background um, ahead of time, but it was, it was, you know, fresh out of school, you're just kind of like really nervous about a lot of things, I don't have a lot of confidence. Um, so I, I started to look for some communities, um, especially women in tech to kind of, um, find a support system. And I was also new to Charlotte. I had grew up in the Raleigh area, so didn't have a ton of connections here. Um, but what I found when I was looking for communities was that, uh, there really wasn't a lot. Um, not much that was unified. There were a couple of like meetup groups that met pretty regularly, um, but no, no big like conferences, nothing to kind of like bring the community together. Um, so I'm not really sure what compelled me to just kind of go for it and create that thing, but that's how I founded Flurix. Um, didn't really know what I was doing. I've never planned a big event like that before. Just also didn't know what to expect. Like I said, I didn't have a really strong network um, in Charlotte at the time, um, but word got out um, somewhat organically. Uh, most people that I pitched the idea to were really excited about it. Um, how can I help? That seems like a lot of work. We're really glad that you're taking ownership of that. That's what this community needs. Um, so it really took off and we, we sold out our first event. Um, we had around 450 people show up. Wow. For, um, and that was, yeah, March, 2019. Um, so yeah, it, it was awesome. Like I learned so much of that process of, you know, how do you, how do you fund an event like this? How do you, how do you pitch to those C-level executives when you're, you know, like fresh out of college and how do you even get that meeting in the first place, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, really great experience. And, um, unfortunately we, we were scheduled to have our second event, um, March, 2020 this year, but, um, we've decided to postpone because of all the coronavirus stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that, the one in 2019. So the Florix event, what was that like? And, and kind of what could people expect they were going to the Florix event? Yeah, so um, it was a two-day event. Um, I, I've been to a couple conferences, and honestly, they were really boring and kind of stuffy. So I've... Um, I really wanted to be more creative with it. Um, and I was also trying to operate on a, on a small budget as possible. Right. Cause, um, I ended up funding the event personally. So it's, oh, wow. it was a sober partnership. Um, so if we lost money on it, that's coming directly out of my account. Right. That was just like the easiest way to get the business going. 
Um, so we ended up having the conference at Camp North End, which is, um, we were one of the first events there at this scale, but it's a really cool hub for a lot of startups. Um, they've been expanding it a lot. It's a really unconventional venue. Um, our conference was at a repurposed Ford factory, uh, um, building model, model T cars. So, um, yeah, not, not a convention center, not a hotel. Um, like literally the room had nothing besides electricity, didn't even have heating and cooling. So I, the day before the conference, it took the entire day to, um, bring in, uh, you know, rugs, lighting, like literally building stages from scratch. Um, but the other thing that was important to me with the actual content of the conference was, um, trying to cater to a bunch of different roles in technology and also having it be beginner friendly. Um, it's, it's no secret that there's a lot of underrepresentation of women and especially women, women of color in the tech industry. So, um, I really wanted people to leave the event excited about tech and to know what opportunities existed, especially here in Charlotte. Um, so, well, I'm a developer and I think when people hear tech, they immediately think about coding and they're like, oh, I'm not good with computers. Like, that's not for me. They immediately write it off. But there's so many other roles in technology. There's, you know, there's graphic designers, there's marketers, there's salespeople, there's um, business people, there's people who are innovating all these products. So I truly believe that these days there is a role for everyone in tech, no matter what your background is. And I wanted people to like kind of open their eyes to those opportunities in tech and get excited about it. Mm -hmm. um, and lastly, I think the coolest part about Flurix was that it was so local. Um, almost every one of our attendees lives and works in Charlotte or the greater Charlotte area as well as the company sponsors. So weeks after the conference, months after the conference, I heard people posting about the connections that they made. They're still getting coffee. I landed this job because I went to this event. Um, wow. And that was, that was very impactful and um, motivating for me that this event that um, I had no idea how it was gonna go, I wasn't even sure like my clear vision for it, uh, ended up having this huge impact um, positively here in Charlotte. Awesome. So when you use time to talk to some of the senior executives about, hey, this is a project, this is the vision. Um, what was some of the reception that you got when, from the senior executives when you told them about it? Yeah, um, honestly, the first couple I, I blundered, I rambled and they were like, oh, what do you have so far? Who do you have on board? And I was like, I was hoping you'd be my first. Um, but the reception, a lot of them were willing to take kind of like small bets. Um, it helped that my expenses were pretty low. So my, my sponsorship tiers to get involved, I was able to make them um, super cheap compared to a lot of other events that companies typically, typically sign up for. Um, so a lot of times they were like, okay, well, we'll sign up at like the smallest level, which is often like $500. Um, a lot of times, like, you know, at that level, they can just write it off in a credit card, no questions asked. Um, we'll show up, we'll see how it goes for the first year. Um, so I got that a lot. Sometimes I was turned down, you know, like, we, we plan to attend, like, send us volunteer inform information. Um, we want to see what the event's like, and then we'll invest from there. 
um, a couple a couple companies were like, yes, I'm all in. Let me sign up for your your highest tier. How can we support you? Um, so it was it was kind of a, a range of reactions, but I don't think a single person was like, you know, this is a bad idea. We don't want to see this happen. You're crazy for trying to start this. You know. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Now, after after doing that first event, what were some of the the, the ideas that kind of came up as far as you know, this led you to thinking like, hey, we should make it even bigger next year or should we do like other small events? Yeah, um, one of the important parts um, in starting the conference was because there were already these um, monthly meetup groups that existed, I really wanted a differentiator, which is why I went for a conference format um, rather than, you know, trying to make it more frequent. I really didn't want to detract from any of those groups, um, but rather partner with them. So um, all the groups that I could find that are kind of in the same like women in tech space, um, we gave them like booths at the conference so that they could kind of spread their messaging to the attendees. Um, sorry, remind me the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just kind of what were your thoughts about the ideas after the first conference as far as where to take it next? Yeah, um, so I mentioned that we sold out, um, which honestly didn't expect. So we had around 450 show up, but we had 200 people on the wait list. And oh, wow. <laughs> this was with uh, very minimal marketing. Like, I don't think we spent any money on ads. It was all just word of mouth. It was like, uh, you know, posting on meetup.com, asking people to spread it within their companies. But we didn't really invest that much in the marketing, and we still had such a a positive um, reception in terms of like interest in attending. So that really spoke volumes to me that like, you know, this is something that company would like to see. And um, let's, let's see how big we can make it. Right. And, you know, like within reason, we weren't, we were still going to enforce like a attendee cap um, on this year's event. We, I think when we postponed the event, we had probably like 700 to 800 people signed up. So huge growth already, but we were like already starting to get to that point of like, okay, we should probably like cut it off soon so that we aren't in over our heads. Cause, um, we just wanted to make sure that the quality of the event was still there. But, um, yeah, the biggest thing was, you know, just how positively it was received. So it was kind of like, well, why not make this like accessible to as many people as possible? Awesome. Awesome. So now if you have new, uh, or I guess, updates or whenever the next event gets scheduled, where can people find you, whether it's website or social media? Yeah. So our, um, our website is flirxconf.com. Um, and our social media handles are pretty similar. Um, I think you just Google Flurix, F L E U R I X, um, and Charlotte, we should, one of the the only links that pops up um funny story about the branding which is another lesson i learned uh i picked the word florix because um i really liked the word flourish so kind of the core behind um the core mission is like not only do we want more women to be in the industry we want them to be thriving and flourishing wow Um, (laughs) so a mentor of mine that was around when I was trying to come up with the name of the event um, was kind of like, just pick a word that you like and make it French. So that's kind of <laughs> what happened. Um, and I did a little bit of Googling just to make sure that it wasn't like, you know, 
a really a really common brand name. I wanted to be unique. Um, I saw some like foreign sites. I didn't click on any of the links. Um, flash forward to when I've like already committed to this brand. I've started marketing it, and um, one of our potential sponsors at Microsoft was like, "Hey, can you send me the conference link again? Because like I don't think I have the right one." Turns out that like another Florix website is like a international adult site. So, yeah, uh, lessons learned about branding. Make sure you on the board links too. <laughs> that probably was. Uh, I guess it's a good thing that that sponsor stayed around. Um. Yeah, I think they were a little bit understanding that we were, you know, not as polished as. <laughs> some of the other events with bigger budgets. <laughs> awesome. So what else did you learn about kind of that, that marketing and that branding as you were, like I said, promoting this event that sold out the first year and was definitely building steam before the pandemic and the quarantines happened? Um, the biggest thing that I noticed was um, just the value of an organic kind of salesperson. So people that went to the first event and had a great experience, we didn't have to ask them to spread the word about it. They were already sharing their story on LinkedIn. They were resharing our posts. They were some of our like biggest followers and promoters. Um, and rather like, you know, we, we tried running like a, you know, Instagram ad, Facebook ad, whatever with like kind of minimal results. Like besides, you know, you can see how many people view it, but as far as like click through rate, I don't think it, it really added a lot of value. Um, but we kind of decided to invest more in that like organic um, promoter. So um, if we knew of a big company in Charlotte that um, didn't have a strong attendee representation last year, we would find someone that we knew in our network and ask them like, hey, would you mind sending this out to your women's group or to your colleagues? Like, can you invite a couple of friends? Um, and that worked, that worked really well. Um, just the more organic, like, hey, here's my experience with this. Um, I think this would benefit you. Um, we also um, had one of the uh, values of the conference is making it accessible to as many people as possible. So um, I've been to events that cost, you know, hundreds of dollars, if not like thousands of dollars. And I'm fortunate because I have a company that will often like cover that cost. But if I'm not in the industry, there's absolutely no way that I'm going to pay a hundred dollars to go to a tech event when I'm not even sure if it's a good fit for me. Right. Yeah. Um, so our tickets were $35 and anytime we, um, kind of marketed the price, we also tried to include messaging of like, Hey, but like we have financial assistance available and we um, would love to work with you. We want you there. So just reach out to us. Um, if you or someone else could benefit from that. Um, so we, we took that uh, and to different communities to try and make sure we didn't leave anyone behind in, in pushing the tech community forward. Um, a lot of times we would be like, hey, we have X amount of free tickets to give away. Who do you know that could benefit from this opportunity? Okay, nice, nice. So uh, one question that I like to ask every guest that comes on the show is in the process of building this project, other than some of the marketing um, lessons that you talked about, what was one or two things that you learned where you were like, wow, these two pieces of wisdom are, are definitely golden? 
one of the one of the big ones was um just kind of uh not sure how to phrase it but um finding finding ways to kind of pay it forward uh, looking looking for ways to help others out even if it's not necessarily like going to help you in that moment um just i think when you have that kind of like positive intent and you're really genuine with with lifting other people up um whether or not that individual you helped out is in a position to help you back like um other other good things just fall into line so like from the get-go like this was never a for-profit venture this was something that i i just took on um i saw a need of the community and i just acted on it and i think that kind of like um that story resonated with a lot of people which is why i think it blew up so quickly um but from that initial step of like hey i'm gonna like take on this this extra work i'm gonna do something for this community um people went out of their way to help me out um and then in turn as i got more of a platform i was getting more recognition through speaking engagements um a couple like local news articles like just finding more ways to lift other people up even like you know at my day job like i'm very intentional about um the way that i observe like my colleagues and finding ways to give kudos you know like it goes a long way to like just give really specific feedback um like positive feedback and like hey someone was someone was watching me someone was observing so like both the little actions and the big actions of like hey like um i noticed when you signed up for the conference you said you're looking for a job is there any way i can any help that i can give to you within my network of making introductions so you know like those kind of um small things big things uh they both um i think it's it's the right thing to do but it also paid dividends for for growing florix for growing the business mm-hmm. awesome awesome well definitely jocelyn um we are definitely cheering on uh, what you have going on with your business like yeah we definitely ordered our ticket for the conference this year but um looking forward to the next event um and thank you so much for coming on the show Yeah, I appreciate it. Looking forward to listening to this and some other episodes. And that concludes another episode of the Business Talk Library. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can connect with us on any social media platform, Instagram at Business Talk Library, LinkedIn. You can follow the Business Talk Library hashtag. You can also connect with us on Facebook and YouTube searching for Business Talk Library. If there's any topics that you would like addressed or any questions you have about your business or your career path that you would like for us to answer on the show, feel free to shoot us a note on any of those platforms and we will try our best to get to them. Remember, keep it simple. Oh.